Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Husband and wife, do you still want to be with your spouse like you used to want to be? with your spouse do you understand this one day every single person is married one day you'll get up one morning and there'll only be one person in the bed for the rest of your life we're all gonna die that side of the bed will be empty life is too short to live in unforgiveness it's time to be good friends again When we look at the story of Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis, God created Eve because Adam was alone and lonely. That's why people get married these days, usually. The challenge for us, though, is to remember that we wanted to be in an intimate relationship with someone. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the Bible verses that speak of enjoying your spouse, loving and respecting your spouse, and the like. He will be reminding us of the need to cultivate friendship within the marriage and the need for physical intimacy. Pastor Mark will be talking about the truth of eventually being alone and how to minimize your regrets once you arrive there. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study, Six Keys to a Strong, Healthy Marriage. We need to learn to meet our, hus- our wives and husbands' sexual needs by being sensitive and loving. When you please your spouse sexually, no excuses, foolish excuses. When you please your wife sexually, you please God. Because you're doing what God designed you to do. Here's a diary of a newly married couple. And they're in their first home. They just came from their honeymoon. She says, it's fun to cook for Bob. Today I made an angel food cake. Now remember, she's newly married. The recipe said, beat 12 eggs separately. The neighbors were very nice. They brought me extra bowls. (laughs) Remember, you ladies, when you learn to cook, come on, come on, that's not that bad. Tuesday. Bob wanted fruit salad for supper. The recipe said, serve without dressing. (laughs) So I didn't dress. What a surprise when Bob walked in the door. (laughs) Wednesday, a good day for rice. Recipe said, wash thoroughly before steaming the rice. Seemed kind of silly for me, but I took a bath. I can't say that the rice was any better than ever before. (laughs) Thursday morning, Bob woke up early out of bed, and he turned to his wife before he went to work, and he said, I'd like salad tonight. (laughs) Come on, guys. Let me hear an amen. Mm. 
Now, understand, those two, the commitment and the sexual intimacy, and the one we'll get to in a moment, the emotional intimacy, the friendship, they have to be in balance. All three of those need to be balanced for your marriage to be healthy. As you're dating somebody, those should be in that relationship. Again, you're not going to have physical sex, but you should look at that person and go, wow, man, I can't wait till we get married. If you look at that person and go like, I don't think I could ever make love, but you have the wrong person. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Okay. Number three. Here we go. Number three. Defeat selfishness and live as we. The Bible simply says this. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Well, the answer to that is, of course, no. So when you look at your marriage, it reminds me very much. I could say it like this with the duct tape. How many remember the old race that you, in a potato sack, you put one leg in and your spouse put the other leg in and you'd kind of run together like that. Well, that's what God wants to do in your marriage. Notice what it says. You defeat selfishness and you're a team. You just take one leg each and you're doing life together. It's a companionship. You can't, unless you've agreed to do it, agreeing to it means you have to talk about it. You have to get in there and allow that to happen. By definition, we're selfish. But God said the husband and wife are no longer two. They're one. Oneness is simply an agreement with what God says in an agreement with my spouse. The key to oneness is a simple word called companionship, a team. Oneness is not uniformity. That'll never happen. The two spouses don't lose their identity and their personality. But we learn to walk together as a team. It's a a lifetime of working and worshiping together, playing and loving together, growing and raising children together, building a home and solving problems together. Together is better. Ask yourself this morning, does it look like a team in your house? Or are you two people just off doing your own thing? Number four, live in forgiveness and grace. Live in forgiveness and grace. Ephesians 4.32 says it this way. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, when you're in a marriage, as a human, you're going to get hurt. We hurt people. You can't run from being hurt. And often we hurt those we love the most in the marriage. So we have to learn to live in forgiveness. Paul says, don't let the sun go down. Can you imagine a 30-year-old in a marriage who just have a six-year-old son and mom and dad don't sleep together, they don't speak for two weeks? What is the six-year-old son saying? Who's the child? It's the parents because of their stinking pride. How foolish. You see, hurt people hurt people. But forgiven people forgive people. You see, unforgiveness will affect us spiritually, physically, emotionally. Life is simply too short to live with unforgiveness. If that's you this morning, get it right. Go home and speak to your spouse or go to the beach tonight and talk and say, I'm sorry. You know, great words that come in a marriage is, I'm sorry, I was wrong, forgive me. Powerful words, humbling words for all of us. Sometime a well-known marriage counselor was asked, what's the number one advice you give to couples in marriage? 
I listened to this, I watched this, I read the article because it, it just it stimulated my mind. Without a pause, he replied, be kind and thoughtful to one another. Well, that's biblical. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, definition of love, love is kind. It's thoughtful. What if in our homes that was really true? Would it make a difference? Someone has said this, the tongue has no bones but it's strong enough to break a heart. This is where duct tape comes in again. I'm not putting this sucker against my mouth. I already told you that. How many of you wish you'd had some duct tape because the words you just said to your spouse, you'd like to have had back? Could I see your hand? Every single one of it. But guess what? They don't come back. They're out there. They've already caused the what? So we have to learn to do this. Some of you need to go out and buy a big roll of this. <laughs> you can get it at Sam's. You can get it on. Should have put some in the bookstore. You could have had them without your left. Got your book, got your tape. Words. Do you know what I found in life? We say hurtful words to the persons we love the most. Versus somebody I work with. I just tear, you could tear your spouse down with words. But you go to work, hey, have a good day, everything's fine. People think, wow, what a great guy. I'd love to be married to that. What a great woman. Fantastic. Never says anything wrong. See, the intimacy in the home is hidden, it's not real. That's because you're not real with God. You're not real with God. Kindness chooses to speak life instead of death. It finds a way to forgive instead of blame. It speaks words that build up instead of tear down. Number five, enjoy life, celebrate life because it's valuable and short. And short. Ecclesiastes 9.9, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. And then... Basically, Solomon says this in Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Laughter is a great medicine. In our houses, we need to learn to laugh more, to enjoy life more. You know, just as we've laughed this morning over some stupid stuff, it's been good for us, hasn't it? But marriage is tough. It's very difficult. God made it that way because we have to depend on him. There was a husband who stepped on one of those scales that you put 25 cents in to tell your fortune and wait, and he dropped in the coin. Here comes his little card out giving his fortune, and he showed it to his wife. He says, honey, look at this card. It says, I'm energetic, I'm bright, I'm resourceful, and I'm an incredible lover. She said, yeah, and it's got your weight wrong, too. (laughs) Yeah. Now, didn't you just feel better laughing? Seriously, didn't you? Exactly. When we think about our marriages, God expects us to be best friends. You see, that best friends reminds you when you were dating. Now, some of us have to go back a long way from when we were dating. But when we were dating, how many of you, how often did you want to be with that person you were dating? Like forever, always on the phone for hours, doing whatever. 
you know, whatever. I can remember one time, uh, Linda and I were in the same church, and my dad was the pastor, and, and we were dating, and uh, she came to me after church for some reason. I, she asked me last night. I couldn't remember why. I don't even know why I remember the story, but she broke up with me, and I basically said to myself, that's the stupidest thing she's ever done. <laughs> I didn't say that to her, so I cried all night. It really hurt me. So the next morning, she worked downtown in Detroit. She was at OR Tech, and I could be late for a class or two at the university. So I just got in my car. She didn't know it, and I followed her bus all the way downtown. And when she got off the bus, she'd given me my ring back, just a friendship ring back. So I had it with me. And she got on the bus. I said, "Hun, over here. She came over, and we made up. And I said, the reason I came back is because you need to do the smartest thing in the world. Marry me. So she put the friendship on, and here we are 49 years later. Now, why did I drive downtown Detroit and follow a stupid diesel bus to get my wife back, my spouse back? That would eventually be just a girlfriend at the moment. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to be what? With her. Husband, wife, do you still want to be with your spouse like you used to want to be with your spouse? Do you understand this? One day, every single person is married. One day, you'll get up one morning, and there'll only be one person in the bed for the rest of your life. We're all going to die. That side of the bed will be empty. Life is too short to live in unforgiveness. It's time to be good friends again, to be intimate with one another in a friendship way. You see, we used to enjoy doing everything together. Friends like to be around each other. I encourage you to do that. Now, we need to talk more and have real feelings and be open as if we were physically naked. We're real, intimate in our, who we are and what we're feeling. By the way, one of the things you could do just to kind of help that bring good stuff back is plan a salad day tomorrow. <laughs> I'm serious. And I'll have a little something wise to tell you before we leave today. Oh, I'll tell you right now. Publix has lettuce on sale. Praise God. Okay. Now, I want to show you a couple pictures. See, people that are married are supposed to want to hang together. Here's Linda and I at the Taj Mahal. It's not about the Taj Mahal. We're there smiling. Why am I smiling? Because the cameraman said smile. No, we're smiling because what? We enjoy being what? Together. Here's another one. We were just, uh, when we were in Singapore, we went to Kuala Lumpur. And, and there's those crazy two towers and whatever. And we're having a ball up there looking at that thinking, thank you, Jesus. I'm not on that crazy thing trying to walk across up there. We're just having fun together. Understand something. Life is too short to be bored with it. Quit being bored with life. Step out. Go for it. Do something different. Is there loneliness in your home today? Well, let's stop and think about that. If there's loneliness, that's the reason God designed marriage. So a man and a woman would be best friends and not lonely. Life is designed for companionship, not for isolation, for intimacy, not for loneliness. See, enjoy, laugh, celebrate. We're on a journey. God wants us to enjoy it. I want you to see this sentence. And men, I'm going to give you this responsibility. You're the head of the home. 
Know this principle. God established marriage to end loneliness. I want you. Go to the beach tonight. Go somewhere. Get off. Have a little time with your spouse. And I want you to be honest enough and open enough and teachable enough to say to your spouse. Because sometimes, guys, we're not so much into this, but our wives sometimes are lonely in the house and we don't even know it. Would you just say to them, if you're lonely in the marriage, please be honest with me. Where can I help? I'm serious. That's your homework for tonight. See, that opens up that emotional intimacy that needs to be there in the home. There's lots of homes that look like homes, but they're actually morgues. It would never look it from the outside, but there's death in the house. And that's usually because of the emotional thing, which simply means that one of the spouses is far from God. So I challenge you. I challenge you. Number six, be empowered and fight for your marriage. You might think, Pastor Mark, that's like crazy. Well, understand what happened. When Satan saw that God had a man and then brought a woman, and he put them together, and he commanded them to be the foundation of the world, when he saw this truth, look at this truth. God established marriage as a foundation. When Satan saw that truth, what's the first thing Satan went after? Marriage. In the garden, he goes to Eve, and he gets Eve separated from who? Adam. And he tempts her with this. Pretty soon, Adam comes along, and pretty soon, there's only two ways to do marriage. God's way or our way. They said, thank you, God. We got it. And from that came all our disaster. All our disaster. Now, you say, really? Pastor Mike, Satan's after my marriage. Yeah, he's after your marriage. He, He knew He could destroy marriage from the inside. And if he doesn't destroy the marriage, if there's not even ever a divorce, what does he do? He makes it miserable in the house. Do you know what our problem is with our children today and our youth? That's the homes they were raised in. Not perfect out. There are none. But they're raised in a home where mom and dad didn't get along. Looks fine outside. Came to church. Looked fine. So they don't even come to church anymore. Because what they saw was not real. And whose fault is it? Our fault. Why do we have this homosexual thing? Because of that. But our bigger problem is not the homosexual thing. You've heard me say that many times. Our problem is our younger generation will not make a commitment. They just live together. Why? Because they saw what a commitment, so-called commitment did. It was a disaster. Now, not all of us. There's many great marriages. But we have to be careful. Because that's what Satan's after. To destroy the foundation of the world. And the foundation of the world is marriage. It's the home. It's there. Now, when you see that, you can understand something very good. Look at this. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't think we can do this. And I'm just going to give up. No, 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 no. God designed marriage. He knows how to make it work. He directs it. I just read to you some keys this morning, how to make marriage work. And he empowers us. You see, when you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. He placed that Holy Spirit to direct and empower every aspect of our life. We experience God's power by knowing God personally. We submit to him. And I came across this statement, and I want you to write it down. Put it in your Bible somewhere if you're married, because this is a hugely important statement. I came across it, and, and I've written it down all over at home. Here's a statement I want you to write. We need to fight for our marriage because Satan is. That's powerful. 
So Pastor Mark, Satan doesn't care about my marriage. He cares about every single marriage. It's the foundation. It's where our kids learn about God and life. Satan's a roaring lion looking who he may devour. And he always devours from the inside. That's back to our relationship with God. So understand, this is where, this is where duct tape comes again. I have to duct tape my eyes to the lies of Satan. I have to duct tape my eyes and my mind to the temptations. You know, the number one lie in marriage that Satan brings, he gives two. This is never going to last. Some of you are already in that today. And the second one is this. The grass is greener. I'm looking for somebody better. What did we start with today? Imperfect people. You leave one for another, you'll get better things here, but you'll get worse things than the first part. There are no perfect people. The grass is never greener. Where did that come from? Satan. His temptations. I think Greg Laurie's mom was married like six times. Great pastor in California. Looking for what? Greener pastures. It's a lie. We have to fight. Now, I have the power with God, not by myself, but I have the power with God to say no to sin and yes to God. I have the power to say no to temptation. So let me just summarize what we did this morning. Because this is, and then we're going to pray for all our marriages. Here's the triangles. I don't have time this morning, but that's what we covered. It's powerful. It starts with God, and he directs us, he designed us, and he empowers us today. And those three kinds of love, that commitment, if there's a weakness in that commitment with you right now, that God's love, that submission, that respect, ladies, that respect for your husband, go back there and work through that. How about friendship? You're in the same home, but you're not really friends anymore. Ask God to forgive you. Get that thing going again. Get that enjoyment being together. Have fun. Get out of the boredom. Do something different. I know some of you already said, one of the other says, Pastor Mark, I can't go to Kuala Lumpur, and I can't go. That's fine. Go to Mims. Do something. Okay. Come on back. Eros. Passion. Good. Wonderful. We have a salad buffet at home. Just enjoy life. And when you look at those together, it goes back to the very core Psalm 127.1. Here's my translation of it this morning. As we work with God, our marriages will be healthy, strong, and successful. See, God's the key. And that means each of us have to have that ongoing, developing, progressing relationship with God. Today, Pastor Mark taught us about the battle we have to fight against Satan to make our marriages strong. He also spoke about the eventual situation of losing a spouse and how important it is to minimize the regrets you have before reaching that point in life. The things that make a marriage better and stronger are not easy to attain, but they are possible to be achieved with God's help through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. In the next message, Pastor Mark will be returning to the book of Luke, picking up with the story of the life of Jesus. We'll be in the town of Capernaum, meeting with a Roman soldier who was well thought of by the Jewish leadership. We'll also see Jesus be surprised by the faith of this Roman soldier as Jesus answers the request of this centurion. He is an example to us all of the type of faith we should have in our lives. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.